What's going on, guys? MadLab76 on Twitter, Mike Irado, FantasyGirlElite.com. I know you guys don't hear my voice very often unless I'm on the uh, the radio with the Godfather, Tommy G, over at Sirius Radio. But I wanted to come on. I wanted to review Sunday's card a little bit. I know it got overshadowed by the NFL, rightfully so. There was uh, the storm coming through. They had to adjust the schedule a little bit, and it kind of intertwined with the card. I had a lot of people tweet me that they were split-screening the fight and the, the, the game. I thought that was pretty cool. I was doing that for a little while. Uh, there was people that were straight up watching the game, tweeting me, asking me what was going on. And there was people that were just kind of engulfed in a fight. And they were tweeting me through the whole fight. And we were just rapping back and forth. All well, all good, all love. But the main reason why I'm doing this is the card itself I was not crazy about in any way, shape, or form. When it first came out and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, this is not a way you want to start off 2017. A 2017 campaign should not start off like this. I was telling Tommy G, I was telling Kevin, meh, you know, I, I wasn't expecting big tournaments in DraftKings. Another thing about DraftKings, before I go any further, I want to let you guys know, there are rule changes in 2017 for the UFC. I'm going to do a column breaking all that down, showing you how it's going to affect the fighters, how it's going to affect the scoring, but most importantly, how it's going to affect DraftKings. Minor manipulations, minor alterations, I'll get that all down, and I will adjust them and throw them into my picks um, accordingly. We had a lot on this card, man. It was like for such a shitty card that it looked like in, on paper. I mean, there was just so much. I mean, we had a, a, an Ezekiel choke, the first time in UFC history that was pulled off by Oleniak. We had two controversial decisions. One was very low controversy. One was fucking disgusting that we're going to get into a little while. And then we obviously had the legend, BJ Penn, the fall of BJ Penn, which I hope it's his last fall because he has nothing else to prove in this sport. And why tarnish your legacy any further? But I'm going to jump into the Olenek fight. This kind of really burned me up. I mean, I, I'm, 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 if people who know me on Twitter and people who are sub, they know I'm very people friendly. I answer a lot of questions. I answer as many as I can, unless I got something going on in my life that day where I just can't get on Twitter. We all have lives. But for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty universal with everybody and I'm pretty active on Twitter. Even if I answer you a couple hours late, I'm usually on there and I'm usually getting to you as soon as I can. But the things I was reading on Twitter, especially after this Olympic fight, it was just so fucking bizarre. You know, it was really, really bizarre and it really showed to me. And I'm not talking about the general population. I'm not talking about the, the general spectator that just enjoys watching a good scrap. I'm talking about some of these analysts and some of these so-called quote-unquote professionals. The things they were saying, 
in a hole, not only about this fight, but about the held fight, about the, the Saunders fight, just like in a hole. It just really made me realize a few things. It made me realize that some of these people really have no idea about the game. Some of these people who claim that they're professionals and they claim that they're analysts, they should really step away from Twitter. They should stop typing and they should learn the game before they start sending out some of these tweets. But most importantly, if you're going to cover the sport and you're going to represent the sport in any kind of a fashion, you got to respect the sport and you got to respect the fighters. And I just feel like it was a complete disrespect on, on the behalf of Oleniak here. I mean, listen, I get it. Pesta's not good. The Ezekiel choke is something that you pull off at a very low level. Gi. When you're in a gi, that's a gi choke. I get it. I understand. He's not good. We also understand he's not going to be in the UFC for that much longer. I get that too. He's not good. He doesn't have good striking. He doesn't have great grappling. He's just, he's there. But you know what? He made it there. He's at a level. He made it to a, he accomplished something that many of us can never say that we did. He made it to the game. But basically, all you guys were doing, instead of giving props to Olenek for landing the first Ezekiel choke in UFC history, you made it about Pesta. These guys made it about Pesta. He should have never got caught in that. That's week one. What about Olenek? You guys, you, did you guys follow the sport? Or do you just watch what you watch? And that's it. How deep do you guys go in the sport? Do you understand that Olenek's an international master of combat and sambo? He's a fourth degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got 51 wins, 42, 42 of them by the way of submission. He's a three-time MMA tournament champion. He's a two-world, he's a, he's, he's a two-time world title holder in Sambo, two-time national title holder in Sambo, two-time grappling champion. You guys make it sound like he's a fucking bum. Instead of giving this guy credit and saying, Jesus, this guy landed the first Ezekiel choke in UFC history, you're making it about Pesta. Fuck Pesta. We know what Pesta is. Everything happens for a reason. History is made every day. Is that a rarity? Should he have gotten caught in that? Absolutely fucking not. He should have not gotten caught in that choke. If he was even a, he was in the mount, if he was a, even a little bit on the offensive, there was a way out of that. There was a way. I agree. I get it. I agree. But give Olenek some credit, man. You're making it sound like he's a bum. Like he's got no resume. His lineage in his sport is tremendous. Tremendous. Give respect to the game. Respect the game. If you're going to cover the sport, cover it properly. Cover it pro- Don't make it about Pesta. Make it about the accomplishment of the other fighter. Those of you who go way back, remember Takanori Gomi in Pride? Remember him, the fireball kid? Everybody thought that he was going to be the next hybrid prodigy. Takanori Gomi, Takanori Gomi. Everyone was talking about Takanori Gomi, the fireball kid. Then what happened? Go on YouTube, type in the fight with Nick Diaz. See what Nick Diaz did to him. He caught him in a go-go plata.
That's what's beautiful about this sport, man. You never know what's going to happen when it's going to happen. But to discredit Olenek like that and just make it about Pesta is, is, is fucking ludicrous. It's really ludicrous. Give the guy some credit. Forget about Pesta. Pesta's what he is. Olenek's been in this sport for a long time. This is a guy in my article. I said he's 40 years old. His knees are shot. He was just in a war his last fight. A war. And in my article I said, Pesta, 26 years old. He's got a little bit of cardio in him. He gets past the first round, weathers the storm. Olenek turns into another fighter. If he had any kind of fighting prowess, he, that would have been a fight. It could have been a fight. But he doesn't. We know what he is. Respect the game. That's all I'm saying. To the analysts and the quote-unquote professionals. Respect the game. Give the guy credit. Forget about making it about Pesta. Let's move on. Saunders and McGee. Controversial decision? Eh, yeah, I guess you could say so, a little bit. It's something, though, if we sat at a round table, I could see a McGee supporter finding routes, avenues, and lanes on where he could have won that fight. You know, maybe you can convince me, maybe you can. I picked Saunders in that fight, so I was happy with the decision. Uh, I thought he had cage control. I thought he threw a lot of kicks. Um, he was His clinch game was better. The first round, to me, went to Saunders. Second round could have went either way, kind of a swing round. The third round, obviously, we all know. Anybody knows that was McGee's round. But if the judges gave two rounds to Saunders, it wouldn't even have mattered. Even on a 10-8 round, it would have been a draw. You have to finish him at that point. Controversial? Controversial? Yes. Am I going to cry over it? Should you cry over it? Absolutely not. It's something that you could argue till you're blue in the face. I'm sure you could find lanes. I could find lanes. Everybody can find lanes on this one to justify one of those guys winning. But what was fucking disgusting and disgraceful and a black eye to this sport was Lozon versus Held. That was disgusting. That judge should lose his card. Those judges. They should lose. Those two judges should lose their cards. That was disgusting. You had one judge 30-27 for held. 30-27. On red. Then you had 29-28. The two other guys. How does that even happen for Lozon? And then another thing is you got these analysts and these these these, these quote-unquote professionals. Oh, he only threw three, four significant strikes. And, you know, even when he took him down, he didn't do nothing. Learn the game. It's not all about blood and guts. It's not all about trading leather. and Is it about damage? Yeah. Significant strikes count? Yeah, they're a part of it. Absolutely. But you're not always going to... You can't always look for the Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin fight. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen every day. You're not going to see that fight every day. There's a lot more involved in mixed martial arts, hence the name. Hence the name, Mixed Martial Arts. The guy had held had five or six takedowns in that fight. He controlled the tempo to fight. He had cage control. Just like boxing, it's called ring generalship. Loison came out at the end of the interview, at the end of the fight, you know, when he was backstage interviewing, and he said, I've, I've never grappled with a guy who had such amazing top control. And this is a guy who grappled with... I mean, top, high-level, high-level BJJ guys, Joe Lozon. And what makes it disgusting and even worse for the UFC is that this kid went on national television live, live. 
and said, I 100% did not win that fight. I've been on the wrong side of a fight before, and it's, it's, it's shitty. And to be on this side of it's even worse. I didn't win that fight. That's class, man. You don't see that in fighters today. No, no. You don't see that in fighters today. Today's new wave of fighters, what do you see? Who's calling out who? I'm not fighting unless I get this amount of money. I'll sit out this one. Nah. What does Loison say at the end of the fight? What's next for you, Joe? What's next for me? I'm like duct tape. Wherever they want me to go, I'll go. I'll fight in the prelims. I'll fight anywhere. That's a class act, bro. He's somebody I want my company. I'll tell you that. And it's amazing, too, because if you really think about it, a lot of fighters, when they're in the thick of it, if they're in a close fight, they have really no idea if they won or lost. And even if they're winning a round, if their corner was smart, if it was a close fight, they tell them, you didn't win that round, you need to go out there and finish this. But he knew he lost that fight. And now Held's in a bad position. This is a young kid, a good young kid, talented. He's on the wrong side of an 0-2 record right now. His debut, you know how hard it is to debut Never mind debut on short notice. This kid came on short notice, fought in high elevation, fought a guy, Diego Sanchez. Yeah, is he older? Yeah, he's older, but he's a cardio machine. He trains in high elevation his entire career. And he came in there and he fought that fight. Did he lose that fight? Yeah, he lost that fight. He gassed out. He lost that fight. He had him dead to rights at one point with that guillotine. And Diego did some crazy wall climb and got out of it and won the fight. So now he comes back. Now he's fighting a war-torn and war-tested Joe Lozon. Tough as nails. And he wins that fight. But he loses that fight. DraftKings says it all. Look at DraftKings. Look at your scoring on DraftKings. When's the last time you saw a losing fighter score more than a winning fighter? After the winning fighter gets their bonus. When's the last time? I've never seen it before. Maybe you have. I haven't. That says it all. That tells the story in itself. So now where does this kid go from here? He's 0-2. He doesn't deserve to be 0-2. And now he's got the fear of being cut. Lozon came out and said, I'm going to talk to Sean Shelby and I'm going to make sure we keep this kid. This kid is good. This kid is good, man. This kid impressed me. This kid really, really, really impressed me. Did I lose that fight? Yeah, because I picked hell, but I didn't lose that. I don't count that fight as a loss for me. Even though I have to because it's on record as a loss, I don't count it as a loss. Should you count it as a loss if you picked hell? Absolutely not. He won that fight. For all you guys who picked Lozon, 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 Lozon won that fight. Get on your fucking horse and smile that you won that fight. Believe that you won that fight. You didn't win that fight. You didn't pick that fight, right? You know hell won that fight. As far as the BJ Penn fight, um, that was bittersweet, man. I got to be honest with you. That was bittersweet. This is a guy that I grew up watching. I mean, he was just uh, something that I've never seen before when he first came in. You know, he reminded me a lot. He reminds me a lot of Marcello Garcia. For those who don't know Marcello Garcia, he was, he still is just a phenomenal top level grappler. Smaller guy, took on all comers. And he is—he was just phenomenal. Like some of the things that he would do, he never did, you know. Uh, he never jumped into the UFC or anything like that. But just the things that he would do to the people, he would do them to the side. It was just unbelievable. He was like Spider Man. He still is. I mean, you go watch his videos, Marcelo Garcia. And BJ Penn came into the UFC, and he was just like 
just freak grappler, freak flexibility. If you were fighting him, you knew in his prime, in a scramble, the chances are you're not coming out on the right end of it. If you're on top of him, chances are you weren't coming out on the right end of it. And if he was on top of you, chances are you weren't coming you know, out of the right end of it. That's how good he was. That's how good he was. And the last couple of fights, he got beaten down, and it was, you know, it was hurt. It was, it kind of hurt me to watch it, you know. And then I say to myself, "Wow, you know, he's my age, like, you know, thirty-nine years old. This guy, you know, I know my joints and my ligaments are shot, shot from boxing and weight training and, and grappling, and they're shot." And I'm saying, "How is this guy coming in here against this young, new breed, new wave of fighter, young kid, fast, well versed?" Got that real hybrid matrix style to him. How is he going to come and how is he going to fare? Is he is he going to be able to even get in close enough to get in on his hips? The only possible chance I really saw BJ Penn winning this fight or even making it a fight is if Rodriguez threw one of those crazy matrix kicks, slipped and fell down, and BJ was able to get on top of him. Then I don't care how old BJ is. He's on top of you. You're in trouble. But this kid embarrassed him, man. It was, I mean, it was, it was almost to the point of... It was sad to watch. It's really, really sad to watch. And I really hope he hangs it up for good this time. He's got nothing to prove. He doesn't need the money. The guy's a legend. Don't tarnish your legacy, man. Don't tarnish your legacy. Don't tarnish the memories we've had of you. Beating Matt Hughes twice and, and, and just... The things you've done for the sport. Don't tarnish it anymore. You did what you had to do. You proved what you had to prove. You got nothing else to prove. Get on your horse and ride quietly into the night. Other than that, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be writing an article uh, soon, probably this week. I'm going to break down all the new judging, all the new scoring, I should say, how it's going to affect us in DraftKings. I might even do, like I said, another podcast. Um, if you guys are not subs to FantasyGirlElite.com, and maybe you're listening to this on your buddy's uh, house or on the radio with your buddy or whatever. And sign up, man. We got, we really do. And I'm not saying this because I'm a part of the team, a proud part of the team. I mean, we really, really, really do have the best team around. I mean, you got Tommy G going balls to the wall on the radio, giving great, great advice. You have Magic Sports guy, which is Kevin Adams. I mean, the guy, he's he's another guru. I mean, it's crazy, these guys. You know, you got Jeff and Benny that are just slaughtering MMA. You got our opto that's been slaughtering it. You got Trevor doing NASCAR. You know, you, you got crazy golf. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's really, and like I said, I'm not saying this because I'm a part of the team. We really do just have a, a stacked team, man. It's just a great, great thing. So if you guys are subs, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for supporting me with the MMA. And if you're not subs, man, get over. I mean, it's going to be a great year for us, 2017. Great, great year. We're definitely going to come out on top. Join the mafia, get made, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace.